by definition, a SEV is a good problem to have. When I started my career, I had a lot of ideas about how software engineering should be done, how we should really think about the pristine architecture mm. that is infinitely scalable. I now believe that every successful software out there in the market, everything that has become extremely successful, way beyond what you expect, uh -huh. is hacky. Yeah. You know why? Uh -huh. Hi, Vijay. Hi. Yesterday, we had a stand-up, and you talk about our cell that happened recently. It's a big cell, yeah. and they talk about your philosophy of handling cells. But that was quite shocking for me, mm. because like the first time that I hear about a leader having this kind of attitude towards selves. What happened there? Well, you're talking about the stand-up where I talked about our SEV, and I mentioned that SEVs are a natural part of building software, building production software that is used by customers at scale. As a, an engineer that I've you know, been in the industry for like 25 years, I know very well that it's impossible to write software without bugs. And so the idea is to not prevent SEVs. The idea is to learn from SEVs and prevent the same SEV from happening again. So it's about mitigating the issue and then putting stuff, putting guardrails in place that would then prevent that particular SEV from happening again. At the beginning, it sounds uh, natural and uh, like uh, correct. Yeah. But uh, when I think about how other leaders that I worked with when they view selves, or even common engineers, how, yeah. they, how they view selves, uh, as much as people try to not blame anyone, uh, selves always come with a very negative connotation. Yeah. Uh, so you are actually at the extreme of, you know, these are not only uh, not bad or blameless, but also they're natural. Yeah, I've like built software projects, both big and small. And some of the software projects have been very successful. Some of them have not been successful. I would rather be in a position where SEV uh, happens because your product is successful, is used by people. Because if a problem happens when nobody is using your product, it's not a SEV. Mm -hmm. And so by definition, a SEV is a good problem to have, which means people care about your product. And you, as a software engineer building your product, care so much that you don't want to let your customers down. That's why you call it a SEV. That's why you treat it so important. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so I take a very different position about this. I don't think we can avoid SEVs. I don't think we can avoid bugs. And that's not, that should not be the motivation. Well, that is actually interesting because like from a data scientist perspective, we look at SEVs, we know something is wrong. Yeah. But actually, when I think about the software I use, there are a lot of time there are like very bad bugs yeah. and never gets reported or solved. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that we acted quickly uh -huh. is important. The fact that everyone came together to mitigate the SEV is important. The fact that we address that problem by worrying about what are the mitigations first, mm. without worrying about blame, or without worrying about what caused it, uh, those are all important. So I think SEV as a process has a very finite set of steps that you have to take when you enter in one of those. And then after the fact a SEV is mitigated, you can really worry about what is the real fix for it, mm -hmm. how you avoid these uh, same uh, bug or regression from happening again, and how do you put some controls in place so you know the system overall gets better uh, than before. Mm -hmm. So a SEV's a good way to like harden your product um, mm -hmm. and you get in a better place. Yeah, but still from a software developing uh, point of view, I watched an interview with Josh, and he named the topic as code is cheap. 
You mentioned at the beginning of your career, you aspire to write this bug-free, scalable code with good architecture, yeah. good data modeling. But I think to this day, engineers still view ourselves as a bad thing because yeah. we feel like ourselves happen because we are not competent. Yeah, no, no. Actually, it's not true because I, when I started my career, I had a lot of ideas about how software engineering should be done, how software should be built, how we should really think about the pristine architecture、mm. that is infinitely scalable. Yeah. But when you think about it in practice, there is a you're always trading off with product and product、uh, success and business success. Some of those have a time window. And you need to like be able to balance and trade off between what to prioritize.、Uh, sometimes you, you know, we as engineers, we love you know pristine architecture. We love recursion. We love to like get into this thing to do so many optimizations, whether it is algorithms or whether it is data structures. Some of those are premature optimizations. Some of those you don't have to until you give the product to the customers. So.、Yeah. You kind of like want to optimize getting the product to the market as quickly as possible,、mm-hmm. and then if you do end up finding problems, you can always go back and fix it.、Yeah. But if you miss the window, there's no opportunity for you. I actually will take another stance here, which is I now believe that every successful software out there in the market, everything that has become extremely successful, way beyond what you expect,、mm-hmm. is hacky. Yeah. You know why?、Mm-hmm. Because no matter what. You can only、uh, build software that can scale maybe an order of magnitude, maybe two orders of magnitude. But if a product is a runaway success, we're talking about like four, five, six orders of magnitude bigger. And so, if you had spent all the time building、mm-hmm. for that, then you wasted your time. Yeah. In general, what happens in a when a product is becoming very, very successful, the team is constantly going and fixing things that are breaking at the seams. Yeah, you're, you're fixing things, you're patching things. Over time, you accrue a lot of what I call tech debt, and it's okay to accrue tech debt.、Mm-hmm. And there will come a point in time where you have like so much unsustainable tech debt that you will go back and clean it. And as you're cleaning it, you're keeping the product that's already successful. And、uh, now I I think I have this mental model. Like we think the distribution of successful、uh, products are normal distribution, but they're not normal. Like they are the extreme tails,、yes. and、uh, those are the ones that we actually see and use. Yes, you don't talk about the products that were built with very very good architecture, but、uh-huh. never really saw <laughs> the scale. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the trade-off is. Put it in front of customers.、Yes. Let customers tell you if this product is good or not. Yes. If it's good, then solve that that problem. Solve those problems. Absolutely. Wow. Both are very deep philosophy. Thanks.、Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I really think we're doing the philosophy is different from how we have to operate with infrastructure and existing products, and I think that's what it comes down to. So definitely, I think like moving really fast and. Having steps in product development, yes, for sure. But like, for example, if feature gates were to go down at this point, we actually can't just, in my opinion, hand wave it and say, "Hey, we're just moving fast," because it actually becomes a core infra component of all the companies that use us. So, I think there's different ways of slicing the same problem. I think like from a large, overreaching viewpoint, definitely makes sense. But I think once you start to slice it between like Product side-facing stuff, and then infrastructure stuff, and how our product is used by all our customers, then it becomes more nuanced. Yeah, it's a spectrum. Yeah, I think it still applies to infra though. Like, 
friend for like you're not gonna build something that will work like when we started we're not gonna build something that works for like billions of events well we're yes. gonna build it the first time it's not gonna work for billions of events but that's a new product once again right sure but in this case feature gates now we care about it because people use it yes at the beginning when we're building it it's not a big deal if it doesn't work but if we pause subs now for feature gates sure but now it's now it's a successful product yes. so now we need to care about it yes that's so, so we agree it's just like that perception is very true for new and upcoming products, right? But once you are part of the critical infrastructure for everyone else, you can't treat it the same way. 